Because it is Friday at 8.21 at night, my time. Uh, and this episode has to go out tomorrow. So, no fuck-ups. I don't want to edit all night. Yeah, okay. Right on. Picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, I mean, I can't promise you anything. Well, I know we're probably going to fuck up a bit, but it's cool. Anyway, welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. I'm Corey. Johnny's here as well. I'm not going to say I'm looking at you because you made me feel weird about it last time. <laughs> no, it just dude? came in the room. Yeah. yeah, he just popped in here. Checking it out. <sighs> Hold on. He looks like he's looking for a toy, man. He's like looking for something. Well, I wouldn't mind him being in here, but he's going to make Look a bunch at him. of he's noise. Tip- he's tiptoeing, bro. He's actually being quite, quite considerate. Give him a second. <laughs> You looking for something, buddy? Literally, as soon as I'm like, no fuck ups, no one comes to the room. <laughs> you going back in there? That's all he wanted. You're right. And he then he wanted... leaves. And he He's leaves the looking... door open. Okay. Yeah. No. Fine. It's whatever. Uh, we have a pretty powerful mixer, good uh, denoise, and such. So, uh, we should be good. We shouldn't have to worry about. If you just notice that there's a little change in the voice there, I just changed the setting on my mixer. Anyway, uh, welcome to The Chilling Truth. <laughs> we're already fucking up. Um, today we're talking about Jerry Brudos, uh, the shoe fetish slayer, the lust killer, whatever you want to call him. A uh, real, real shitty guy, for sure. But before we get to that, uh, we do have a little bit of announcement, a little bit of an announcement about Patreon. Uh, because we just came up with this plan today. Uh, from now on, when we do multiple part episodes, so like last week we did a two parter, um, and I think the week before that, before that we might have. But anyway, so from now on, we're gonna post the part one like normal, okay? So that'll be available to everybody for free. But if you're like us and you like to binge things instead of waiting, you can pledge one dollar a month to Patreon, and you can get part one, two, three however many parts there are of it, uh, all at once. And you don't have to wait until the following week to get the, the rest of the episode. Yeah, so essentially if you do, <laughs> if you do decide It's just to, a party in this room right now. Nah. Everybody's coming in here. Yeah, if you, if, <laughs> I'm not taking just, any of this out either. What up, Elsa? Yep, okay. He's fine. Alright, okay, so I told Johnny not to fuck up, and I just, my, every, I'm fucking up on my end. Woo, okay. Uh, All right. anyway. Yeah, yeah anyway. So, Jeremy. Jerome. J- Jerome Brudos. Yeah, you were talking, Jerome. though, you were talking about Patreon before all that. Oh, debacle. yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, for those that, you know, don't have anything to give or just don't think we're, uh, we're worth the, uh, a, donation, a dollar, then then you can just wait another week, and yeah, it's gonna come out. Yeah, you'll right. get you know, it. You you still watch it. For, you can still listen to it for free. But it's if you want to listen to figured, it sooner, yeah, 
Yeah, we figured people want to binge anything that is like a multi-parter. So instead of making you wait, you can just have access to yeah, whatever. And you should you should honestly episodes. feel good about your pledge to us because uh, it's on it's more work for me. It's more work for us. Really, we have to record for a couple hours at a time instead of just one hour at a time. Well, then so. it goes into gear. Like you know, we're work we're, we're yeah we're working we on like you know like pretty basic gadgets over here. So. Maybe we can get Johnny a new mic or something. Or um, I mean, um, I like mine, but I know that the quality could be so much better. It could be. Maybe we could just get you like a cover for the for the mic instead of having that pop protector on the outside hanging down there. Guess I don't know. I kind of like it. Well, let's get to Jerry Brudos. It's fine. Yeah. So, uh, the source for this uh series is going to be the Lust Killer by Anne Rule. It's so fucking good. Uh, if you like Anne Rule, she wrote The Stranger Beside Me about Ted Bundy. She actually worked with Ted Bundy. Um, written quite a few. Yeah, she's like a full-fledged fucking true crime author now after that. So if you like her stuff, definitely check out The Lust Killer because it's really good. And uh, so, yeah, Jerry Brudos, well, Jerry, Jerome Jerry Brudos, sorry, was an American serial killer and necrophile who killed at least four women uh, in Oregon between 19, 1968 and 1969. And, uh... I don't know, man. He didn't have that bad of a childhood like most of these guys do. Honestly, he was... I mean, he had a mean-ass mom like Gary Ridgway, but I don't know. Seems more like a crybaby to me. I don't know. Well, let's get it. Let's talk about him. You can can make your own assumptions there, audience. So, well, he was born in Webster, um, South Dakota, back in January in 1939. Which South Dakota doesn't even exist, so that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's for a later. (laughs) Uh, Eileen uh, was his mom, and his dad's name was Henry. uh, And they already had one son. His name was Larry. He was the favorite from the time Jerry was pushed out of his mom's womb, basically. Why don't people name... Why don't they rhyme them? Jerry, Larry... Like, my dad is Terry, and his brother's Gary, but they're twins, so kind of makes sense. Something about the alliteration that people are just drawn to, I suppose. I had a cousin who, two cousins actually, and one of them named her sons Alex and Aaron, and then the other one named her sons, like, both of the names started with like a T or something, and then both the cousins, their names also started with the same. It's a weird tradition to keep going. Uh, yeah. They're also Pentecostal, which is pretty in, pretty intense Christianity. One time I asked my uncle why I can't wear shorts in the summer, and he said because it's better to be hot in the summer than burn in hell, and that's the kind of childhood I had around him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Dang, dude. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, I was definitely, like, before the age of 10. Like, I was young. Yeah. Gotta, pretty. Gotta, gotta, gotta get him young, you know? Good old Uncle Pat. Words of wisdom. Yeah. So... So yeah, so they're coming out of South Dakota. Uh, Larry's the favorite. Uh, Eileen was a plain woman who uh, never ever wore high heels, according to Jerry. And Jerry f- referred to his mom as a stubborn, selfish uh, egoist, basically. And he grew to despise her. Yeah, well, the she reason his mom hated him so much was because she wanted a girl, and Jerry was born 
a boy, so naturally she fucking hated him for that. That was not in any way his own fault. So, you know, he deserved it. Well, his dad, Henry Brutus, was a small man. He was only about 5'4". No, listen, I'm going to stop you right there. 5'4 is a perfectly acceptable height for a grown man. But short for a, for a no, man. No, no, it's perfectly no, it, acceptable. It's acceptable, yes, but it's still, the average height is like 5'9". I'm well, short. I'm 5'7". Five, I'm five, so. Whatever, dude. Enjoy your extra three inches. Like, I care that you're three inches taller than me. Sounds like you do. No. I we've had this talk several times. No, I don't care. I don't want to be six foot tall. What am I going to do with all that extra height? Reach I things? You, I think you do want to be six foot tall. I would kill you Dude, to be say, six three. I got no qualms with, with uh, you know my proportion to the universe. because I was at the grocery store the other day. Dude, swear. Uh, and there was, I can't remember what it was, but it was something on a shelf that was pretty tall. And I've done this twice. So I was in the store. And Don't tell like me a, you climbed on the shelf to reach it. No, dude. There was a tall guy right next to me. And I said, you hey, asked dude, him? You mind grabbing that for me? And he, did, you yeah, hold, dude, did you hold his hand on the way out of the store like he's your mommy? No, nah, dude. But, like, why not <laughs> take advantage? Like, I'd have to, like, get someone over with a ladder. And, like, hey, you're, you can reach that. And he's like, yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I was at a gas station did last summer. I was, head? I three-handed to you. He's like, here you go, little boy. No, I don't. See, that's the thing. I don't have a complex, so it's Me not either. like I, I don't care. I, <laughs> yeah, so Obviously, like, I don't fucking care at all. I don't want to be a foot taller. Why would I want that? Yeah, well, I was at a gas station last summer. I was on my way to the river, and I was getting one of those styrofoam coolers. I'd forgotten mine at the house. And it was above the big box with all the ice in it. And yeah, there was a tall dude. And I was like, hey, bro, you mind grabbing one of those styrofoam <laughs> coolers for me? It was like, not a problem. And then, it, like, you know, I went on my way. But instead, but really, you're like, hey, mister, can you get that cooler for me? Is that what I you don't told know why, I don't. I don't know why I would sound like that. I, because uh, you're a little the, boy like me, a little small boy like me. I'm a short guy. It sucks. I'm definitely not a boy. I'm no. a, just a short guy. I'm, whatever, I'm okay man. with it. It's fine. No, yeah, me too. It's whatever. Let's talk about Jerry Brudos' perfectly average <laughs> father. Uh, our next episode is going to be entirely <laughs> covering <laughs> Corey's complex on how. Just and how, that's the thing, though, man. When you're short, life's harder. Fucked up is because of it. Life's harder when you're short, man. You got to be not. tougher. You got to be stronger. And uh, the best thing is, you got to be funnier than everybody else because you got to seem tall. I don't know, man. I never felt like I had to compete like that. Well, you have about more. I mean, you know, I, I, well, I. I played football growing up and then I had to stop in high school because I was significantly smaller than the other guys, but it wasn't <laughs> like I, I played baseball more anyway. So I was just like, all right, I guess I'll just stick to baseball. I'm, you know, you can be short and play baseball. Right. But that's why I was okay with like, you know, it's not like I, my dream was to be an NFL player. It's not like my, my future was, I had to start planning a, a different route. So what it's you're like, saying no, just, is being short affected your life. I, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying it didn't. Whatever. Just let's move had, on. No one cares about how tall we are. On... Anywho. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so his dad's real short. Oh, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> and he moved, he moved his family dozens of times during his son's time, uh, time during uh, when his sons were growing up. And Jesus. Then, uh, yeah, Henry had a short <laughs> temper. And would lash out at the smallest son of disrespect. Because <laughs> he's so small. 
and Stoner <laughs> trying to take advantage of him. Uh, but even with this, Jerry still preferred him over his brother. That's what I'm saying, man. When you're tall, when someone comes at you, you got to come back 10 times harder. You got to show them that you're tough, even though you're short. What, what, I mean, what uh, scenarios are you finding yourself in? I don't find myself in any, but I know if I did. Are you in a I fight did, club no. that I don't know about? Are you like a, I can't talk about it. you part of like a, a, an organization that battles... Uh, the talls, so we call but, but, them. Yeah, but, but like you're in, a, you're in a fighting league that the, doesn't match. <laughs> the, the height uh, elitist. <laughs> There's no weight class. So they just get my ass kicked all the they time. Just pair you, they pair a short guy with a tall guy. Yeah, his reach is like my entire body. It's like dinner with schmucks, but you're fighting. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> Stop insulting me, goddammit. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, the Brutos family lived in Portland during the Second World War. Uh, five-year-old Jerry was allowed to roam the streets freely, and while playing in a dump one day, he found something that fascinated him. <laughs> Did you ever play uh, in a dump as a kid? I never no, played No, I mean, I dump. ran the streets. I played in, like, cemeteries and on railroad tracks, but no, never in, like, garbage. I played in dumpsters, but not, there was like, a, a whole There was a dump. junkyard. Well, yeah, we both grew up in the South. There's all kinds of junkyards everywhere. No, like, the, like it, it touched my, like, property line. Oh, nice. You didn't so I just, like, uh, I would just, like, climb on the cars on the weekends and, like, no one worked. Did you smash the cars up? Because I had a friend named Wesley who had a bunch of junked out cars behind his house because his dad did meth. And uh, yeah. so we used to go back there with baseball bats and beat the cars up. And it was uh, pretty my, cool. So uh, one of my cousins, he uh, he taught me how to break glass with uh, the porcelain on spark plugs. That's a very specific. You could just throw it on the ground. Right. But you just. Is it you, more uh, fun to do it this way? Well, yeah, because it spider webs it. Oh, it's really nice. cool. Looking. That is cool. Yeah. What so is with would... men and liking to break <laughs> things? Like, oh, that's. I don't fucking... know. It's like digging holes. Kids. Why do we do this? I don't. I would say that it, he was probably like eight or nine, so I was probably like five or six, and we were just like crawling around in this junkyard, and he was just showing me how to like. We would find like perfectly good windows on cars, and we'd just like, uh, break a little piece of porcelain and just like, just lightly toss it up to the glass. You don't even have to throw it at the glass, and it would like shatter it. Oh, it just spiderwebs it. It's so neat looking. As, cool. as a kid, you're like, oh, that's so, you're not thinking about the property damage. But Ah, who cares? But yeah, no, I, didn't, I never played in a dump. Okay, well. We were, we were breaking windows and junkyards. Yeah, I mean, no, playing, I mean, I've never played in a dump either. I've been in a couple dumpsters in my time, but never in a dump. Hmm. Yeah, I can't do trash or like, I, I, I can't even climb into a port potty, bro. Oh, yeah. I can't in, do it. I've been in plenty of this, but. Jerry played in a dump, and what he found uh, literally changed his entire life. Yeah, yeah. So he found his first pair of uh, shoes, woman's shoes, okay? So it was a pair of high heels, uh, like nothing that his mom had ever worn, because she wasn't known as that kind of woman. Uh, they were shiny, patent leather with open toes and open heels, and thin straps uh, encircled the, the ankle area. If you're getting and hard right now, you calm down. Really, it's really inappropriate. It's a shoe. Uh, they were a little worn, and one of the rhinestone-studded decorative clips was actually missing. But Jerry fell in love with them, and then took them home. Um, he would actually wear the shoes, and then one day when Eileen caught him, she was furious. She surely scolded him, and then ordered him to take them back to the dump. Uh, 
Jerry didn't realize what he had done wrong uh, to make his mom so angry. Well, yeah, of course uh, not. It, he's like a little kid. He's like, I'm just having fun. Like, who, what, what? Well, what she probably did. Didn't she probably that. got into his ass, but probably didn't explain, like, what, what you know, because then you got to talk about sexuality with your kid. And uh, parents typically try to avoid that. Yeah. So, you know, he doesn't know what he's done, uh, but he didn't take them back. Uh, he hid them and then he would wear them in his room, no one around. Uh, when his mom caught him again, she burned the shoes in the fucking backyard and made Jerry watch them. Yeah, nothing uh, like taking a thing your kid doesn't even realize he finds sexual and destroying it right in front of him. Yeah. So Jerry had a neighbor friend who was an older lady. She was always nice and sweet to him. And he would often pretend she was his mom instead of the wicked one uh, he had at his own house. And uh, he and also not wicked had a in the cool friend. Boston way, wicked in the like nah. not fun way. Not nah, wicked not, cool, not, ma. Not wicked cool. <laughs> no, not a fucking wicked cool, ma. She was like not cool, like not fun at all. Yeah. So he also had a second friend who was a little girl his his age, and she was sickly, uh, and then often couldn't come out to play with him. I think she was suffering from tuberculosis. And, yeah, she uh, did. Uh, his elderly friend and sick uh, was sick as well. She suffered from diabetes. And years later, when he would talk about the incident of the burning shoes, uh, he would have to bring up the death of his two friends. The events were all interviewed in uh, Jerry's mind. Intertwined in his mind. Yeah, Inter- it's yeah. Uh, definitely feelings of abandonment. Uh, also, his mother destroying the one thing he liked. Uh, kind of reminds me of when uh, Henry Lee Lucas befriended that donkey. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, because well, that's what he st- shot it in the face with a shotgun right in front yeah. of him. Yeah, man, that's so. And then up. she beat the fuck out of him because she had to pay somebody to <laughs> clean it up. Dude, that guy's he he is the only serial killer I give leeway to because he had a fucked up childhood. He was handed a shitty. He was no way he was going to be anything <laughs> but that. Yeah. So by the time Jerry was in the first grade, his family had moved to Riverton, California, and Jerry had a very pretty teacher who was, uh, she would wear high heels uh, in class. And then one day Jerry decided to steal his teacher's shoes and hide them under the, uh, some blocks to take home after class. I don't uh, understand but, how he hid them under blocks. Blocks are square. They don't hide things unless he's he stacked in, them. He's in first grade. Dude. I don't like, care. He should learn how to hide things better. If you're well, gonna spatial be, reasoning is not your sharpest tool yet. My point is, it doesn't make any kind of sense. Well, it doesn't, and that's why someone found them and then gave them back to the teacher. <laughs> yeah, fucking snitch. Yeah, his teacher was fucking pissed, and, uh... Well, no, she wasn't well, even mad. She was just she like, was Jerry, confused. what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to her. But yeah. she probably, think anything of it, she probably thought, oh, he's just, like, you being know, a weird kid. Yeah, being he's... a silly kid. Yeah, just being weird. Yeah. So, on another occasion, his parents entertained visitors who brought along their teenage daughter. Uh, the girl wanted to take a nap and lay down on Jerry's bed, and then Jerry crept into the room and was thrilled to see that she was still wearing her high heel shoes. He wanted to take the shoes. He tried to get them off of her, but she woke Jesus. up and told him to get out. Now, I mean, all jokes aside, this is honest. This is obviously a clear escalation uh, at this very young age of him. I mean, he went from finding a pair of shoes, trying to steal a pair, and then taking a pair off of a person while they are asleep. Like that's. Very clear escalation, like he's ramping up already, and he's what fucking like six. Yeah, that's like uh, 
It's, it, I mean, I don't know. It's like breaking into a home with people still in it just so you can steal their things just so you can buy meth. Yeah, it's, it's like you're putting so much at risk really fast. It's like, come on, man, it's just math. <laughs> Tell them I've never, that. I've never, uh, I've never <laughs> smoked meth, so yeah, I guess math. I can't. Maybe it is great. It makes you stop paying your rent, so yeah, it's got to be good. It's got to be cool, man. You don't pay your rent or go to sleep. You just stop giving a that? shit about everything. <laughs> it's the miracle drug, and it's so easy to make. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the true fucking, yeah, for sure. We should cook meth. Uh no no that's a terrible idea you that's an so? illegal idea yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah that's right it is illegal because the fucking yeah. government Probably anyway so it's great well you know we, we, that's for another episode all right so we for can, all we, of I feel Jerry's, like we say that all the time and then we never get to those episodes I know that's why I like saying it because it's like yeah it's just like throws yeah. it in the wind yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like telling your kid I'll think about it yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It just buys you time. Right. Or when you so, go, huh? When someone asks you a question you don't really want to answer. Yeah. You just kind of you answer it with a question. Yeah. So I think three examples is enough. I think you want a fourth? No, I don't think we're good. Rule of threes, right. man. That's a comedy rule. Is it? Is it? I think so. I've heard that okay. phrase. All right. Well, so for all of Jerry's life, uh, basically, it was you know women that were you know the reigning. Uh, positioned, basically just controlling over him. So his mom was strong and rigid, and he would never please her. Uh, she ran the household. She would scold Jerry for the tiniest infractions and let Larry get away with everything. Well, be more uh, like Larry, Larry's dude. It's your favorite. fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever see Walk Hard? Yeah. Uh, the parody? Dewey Cox? Yeah. The wrong yeah. kid died. <laughs> Okay, fuck me. <laughs> I love that, dude. That's like the best part. Right. Oh, Wrong man. kid, dad. So I'm going to uh, tell you guys uh, uh, something I've held uh, with myself since I was like nine years old. So I was at my cousin's funeral. She's like my best friend. She died. Um, And we're at her funeral, and I was talking to my cousin, my other cousin. His name is Nick. And I was talking to him, and as a joke, I, <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I feel so bad. I was like, I basically told him, why couldn't it have been you? Like, in a joking way. Like, I said, yeah. I don't know if he took it as a joke, though. And I still, to this day, am afraid to ask if he remembers that. And I'm probably going like, to see him this weekend. He probably he might hate me. Sounds like a too soon moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. At, the, at, the, at the funeral, though? Yeah. Like, like four days after <laughs> yeah, the like, tragic. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you pulled the trigger a little too. Uh, <laughs> you think, too premature you think, on that one. Would you hate your cousin if they said that to you? No. Like a child uh, cousin. I don't know. I, well, I I can't put myself in that in, in, in those shoes. But I have a kid. Uh, there's a student, and he lost his dad a couple years back, right? Uh, mm. And he's a he's a pretty level headed kid. He, you know, he's a distraction sometimes, but he's a great kid. He just sounds like a needs, cool kid. He just kind of, you know, needs a certain level of attention like, you know, most kids do these days. So, but he's hilarious. He's got dark humor and, uh, nice. You should tell him about the show. So he's, he's a, he's a middle schooler, but, uh, he, so I looked over the other day in the classroom and he, he had my phone. Like he was standing at my desk over my phone and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, just calling. I was like, call. So I walk over. He's like calling my dad, like his dialing. I was like, why are you calling my dad? 
He's like, man, I call my dad all the time. He's never answers. Son of a bitch, bro. Got me. That's <laughs> good. That's funny. Like, that, was a, that was a smooth one, dude. That was a good joke. That kid's going to grow up to be hilarious. Uh, well, you got him, man. I think, uh, I think if you don't laugh, you cry in those situations. But yeah, exactly. Getting back on track. Yeah, um, yeah. So both Jerry and his father knew Eileen had it out for Jerry, but there was nothing either one of them could do about it. Yeah, of course not. Uh, and then Jerry's brother Larry was 16 and having his own set of sexual urges. He collected pinup pictures and sometimes drew pictures of naked women. That's how you got porn is, back then. Yeah, I think that was normal. You had to create times. it yourself. You had to yeah, draw it was the like still, still pictures. Yeah, you had to use your imagination. You jerked off the two, basically just two circles, half circles on a page. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was when, when you got like the, you know, the, the Kmart magazine in the mail and, uh, you know, the, the, you women, the, the moms up, wearing yeah. like the yeah, khakis and, stuff. and high waisted. Yeah. yeah. So Larry kept all his drawings in a box that he kept locked. Uh, one time, Jerry picked a lock and was looking at pictures, and of course, his mom caught him, and Jerry got into a lot of trouble for it. Uh, he didn't rat on his brother. He took the fall and said that he drew the pictures. So, I have a really embarrassing story. Another embarrassing story. A lot of them coming out on this episode. So, when I was a kid, I was probably like 10 or 11, I don't know exactly, I had this cheap little safe that I got from like the book fair or some bullshit, and uh, I would store all my pictures of like girls in bikinis and shit like that that I had from uh I would cut them out of magazines and then the trucker calendars my dad would bring home from the road because I lived in a kind of a white trash childhood at times uh but I had a birthday party one time and there's like a bunch of girls from my class and like guys from my class and shit over and they brought the safe up but everybody's like open it open it and I'm like no I don't you know I don't want to open it like whatever I didn't tell them what was in there and then one of my friends fucking cracked it open because you could just like squeeze the knob and like turn it and it would open like it wasn't like a real safe uh and all the pictures poured out of there and all the girls got grossed out and like ran uh out of the room nice. yeah it was pretty i still remember it so it was pretty rough Oh, you're going to remember that one for the rest of your days. Yeah, it was pretty uh, uncomfortable. Okay, I mean, my though. parents knew about, like, what was in there. Like, they didn't care. Like, it was whatever. But it's, like, the fact that... Yeah. Yeah. But I told anyway. you... I, I, think, I think I already told you that the shoe story. I drew a picture of my shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told yeah, me about it, so, you know, is that, is that the same or no? I think it's similar. Okay. I mean, I felt just as silly after the fact. Yeah, I didn't really feel silly. It was kind of just like you know that part on Superbad where his uh, dick drawing falls on the floor and then he's like shoving the paper into his yeah, mouth yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, it was kind of like that. Okay. It felt similar to that, except instead uh, of a Ghostbusters lunchbox Dick's treasure chest, I had like this little safe of really small pictures of girls in bikinis. The credits are still one Hilar- of my favorite parts. Yeah, all the dicks. It's Superbad. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right so at 16 jerry had his first wet dream uh when nice. his mom discovered his stained sheets she was furious and made him wash them by hand it's like gary uh, Ridgway, and of course scolded him the whole time yeah it was yeah. like when she would wash his balls and tell me he was a naughty fucking boy yeah. honestly yeah. dude like as the dad of two boys we've already discussed it like if we catch them like jerking off or like they have a wet dream like you know what you're supposed to do nothing you never bring it up you never say anything yeah, dude, about it why, you just why leave it alone dialogue about everything why dude? do i want like... to talk about it i know <laughs> yeah, you're dude. gonna do it i don't need to discuss it with you like we, you just 
He's yeah, gonna be sixteen. He's uh, gonna be beating the skin off his dick, dude. Like, just leave him alone. It's perfectly it's, natural. It, I think, yeah, it has to happen. It, like, it's gonna it has happen. to happen. Yeah, of course. You're gonna do it for the rest of your life. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're lucky. Yeah, unless you lose your dick in some kind of dick loss accident. That's for another episode. Yeah. Um, That's your catchphrase so, now. That's for another yeah. episode. And then That's audience That's for laugh another too. episode. Yeah, yeah. And then like a weird just... sitcom laugh. <laughs> so Jerry wanted revenge. Uh, he wanted it against his mom and against all the women at this point who have either been cruel to him or, in his mind, uh, abandoned him. Uh, so he started digging a tunnel into the side of a hill <laughs> on the farm. His plan was to kidnap a girl and put her. In, yeah, he was going to kidnap a girl and put her into the tunnel. And once there, he would make her do whatever he fucking wanted her to. So this overweight sixteen-year-old with fungus on his toes and fingers, who was constantly sick, uh, was going to dig a tunnel. I can just imagine the tunnel was like two feet into the hill, and he's like, "This is perfect. I got this." And then he's like, "Fucking tired," so he stopped. I mean, it's going to be hard. Uh, so Jerry could picture having this girl in his tunnel clearly, but he didn't actually know what he he wanted her to do. So this was before uh, Pornhub. Uh, 16 boys didn't have access to this kind of stuff. You know, 16-year-old boys didn't. Uh, they weren't able to just, like, Google uh, these wonderful... Tits. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, wastelands of just... Uh, Debauchery on the internet, man. You can find unlimited all kinds porn. of fucked up stuff on there. Oh, yeah, it's a shame these days. It's gotten a little out of control, man. Like, you're looking for, you know, I think we've talked about this. You're looking for ordinary, normal stuff, and then the first thing is, like, just a bunch of taboo shit. Yeah. What kind of fetish do you have? It's like, like, come on, man. I can do those videos, but I can't, like, listen to the dialogue. Well, that's hard in any form. Just because the acting is really awkward. It's never good. Uh, Yeah. You just got to turn, like, put, put, like, Pantera on really loud. What is wrong? No, that's even weirder. Is it? I think so. I don't like music when I'm jerking off or in porn. I hate music in porn. It's weird. Well, yeah, music in porn is terrible. It's it's always like a manufactured generic. It's like, what the fuck is this? Just get to the fucking yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to hear that. So Jerry didn't know enough about sex to understand intercourse, and he surely didn't understand rape. Not yet, at least. Yeah, give him time. Yeah, and he he only knew the idea of captive woman begging for mercy excited. So around this time as well, Jerry began stealing shoes and undergarments from neighbors' houses and clotheslines, because that was a thing as well. Clotheslines, uh, yeah. Still a thing yeah. if you go to any trailer park in America. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I get, well, I guess anybody that has land. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a good way to save There's something, money. yeah, there's, so, well, and there's something fresh about just, like, air-dried sheets and Yeah, you say t-shirts. that until Jerry Bruto steals your thong off there, and he's using it to cover his balls right, right, with right. Course. Yeah, that is inappropriate. So he's stealing shit off clotheslines, and then he had quite a stash that he would uh, that he would fondle and study, and uh, he kept it carefully away from his mom because his mom was like really good at catching him do everything. Yeah. That he, <laughs> Almost he like ever... she's never knocked on the door and would just barge in. Right, but whose fault is it? He should be a little more prepared. Yeah, dude, you shouldn't always be ready. But it's like it's kind of like Porky's, except you know. You know, no one's aware that this is illegal and it's extremely inappropriate. Well, it's not talked about. 
So at 17, yeah. uh, Jerry still had not seen a naked woman, uh, but he was determined to do this. And uh, Jerry told psychiatrists later that he would, uh, he would touch the underwear of women. He would get a, uh, a funny feeling when this happened. And at that age, he still didn't know what that funny feeling was. He just knew he liked it. Uh, he used the undergarments for masturbation, but he could never reach an orgasm. Uh, the only time he ever ejaculated was in like wet dreams. So, that's so weird. It's a mental game, man. If you're like fucked up upstairs, it's gonna be hard to you know climax. Or I've never had a wet dream. I don't come know to what completion. that entails. Never happened to me. Never did. Dude, my teenage years were out of control, bro. Maybe not you out just of control, come in your sleep, like you just come while you're dreaming. Basically, you just have these dreams of just like you know. I, it doesn't have. I don't think it happens. Until after you're sexually active, I could be wrong, but yeah, it's not like I was like this horny little dude that went get laid, and I was. I felt like it was once you're exposed to that, your teenage mind like wants it all the time. Obviously. Yeah, it's like all oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I'd have like one every blue moon, of course, at a normal rate, I would assume, but I've never researched it. So <laughs> yeah, one, little right? boy wet dream. Maybe don't search that on the internet. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude. Most of the time you sleep right through it, dude. I don't know, man. It's never happened to me. Not that I know. You wake of. up and you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck, dude? I splooged. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, in the late summer of 1955, Jerry crept into a neighbor's house and stole undergarments belonging to an 18 year old girl who lived there. <clears throat> he approached the girl later and told her he could get her. Uh, he could help her get it back. He told her uh, he was an undercover cop working on this case. <laughs> <laughs> and he told her that the cops knew he lived on the street where these crimes were happening. So mm -hmm. yep. he yep. was the perfect person for undercover work. That makes perfect uh, sense. No one would, would suspect he was working for the cops. <laughs> yeah, because he's an overweight 17-year-old with fungus all over his body. Of course they wouldn't. Yes. The first thing every undercover cop does is tell you that they're an undercover cop. <laughs> I guess so. That's how you know they're real. Uh, no, that always happens at the... End of the movie. Yeah, it's like, uh, I was working both sides. Okay, <laughs> put your sunglasses back on. <laughs> CSI. Uh, he takes... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, see, I needed the... Uh, the you needed the... Yeah. So, obviously, this girl didn't believe him. Yeah, uh, no, she, she didn't? She didn't buy it? No, but she <laughs> did want her stuff back, and maybe Jerry did know something. <laughs> yes, so. He was 16. She thought he looked like a harmless big clown. Uh, Jerry invited her to his house when he knew uh, no one would be home. And when, he, uh, when she knocked, he told her to come on up. She went up the stairs and in Jerry's room. Uh, and it was dark in there and she couldn't see Jerry. And suddenly a tall figure wearing a mask jumped out and waved a huge knife. Uh, the figure told her to take her clothes off or he would cut her. Uh, he pressed the knife against her throat. And she started removing her clothing. Uh, the figure began taking pictures of her nude when the roll of film was finished, because it was a roll of film. Um, when it was finished, the figure walked out of Jerry's room. I typed figure every time, but I'm pretty sure we all know who the figure is, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not some stranger. <laughs> yeah, but I like the mystery that we're trying <laughs> yeah, to keep. the illusion. So when Jerry showed up saying someone had locked him in the barn, right? So like or, two no, seconds so, later, he comes up the yeah. stairs out of breath and is like, someone locked me in the yeah, barn. Yeah, so she throws on her clothes and then she's heading towards the stairs and then he comes up with that bullshit line and <laughs> asked her oh, if she it. had seen anyone around. 
like three seconds later. And he honestly believed it. He thought he had fucking pulled this off because the girl never reported it and no one came around accusing him of it. So he really thought this fucking <laughs> dumbass plan worked. So Jerry developed the pictures and then he saw his first real naked woman, so to speak. She was you know, 18. That is a woman. I guess. But this incident brought out something else in Jerry. His fantasies never included interaction with a woman. He only saw women uh, who acted only uh, to his bidding, basically. So eight months had passed since the forced, uh, the forced pictures that he'd taken. And then Jerry wasn't worried. Uh, no, one, no one had come after him. And why, he had not why, been reported. Why would she report him? He was a cop. Why, it doesn't make any sense that she would tell on a cop, right? Right. Well, undercover. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't, can't even tell yeah. on him because he's undercover. She'll blow his cover, ruin the case. The underwear right. bandit. Yeah, he's in too deep. <laughs> he doesn't even know who he is anymore. He doesn't know where the undercover <laughs> stops and Jerry begins. <laughs> yeah, a real beard grew into the fake beard. <laughs> he doesn't, can't even look at his family now. <laughs> they, they think he's dead. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they overshot the mark when they prepped for this under uh, undercover operation. Yeah, he really, really overachieved. So, this. yeah, so Jerry had been looking at these same photos for that whole time, but they had begun to bore him, right? So he needed a new, a, a new cat. And uh, the thing was, Jerry wasn't going to find a girl on his own who was willing to date him. Uh, he was big, clumsy, and suffered from severe case of teenage acne called acne vulgaris. Ugh, it's like they name it the it ugliest yeah. thing they get. Like, how can we make these kids feel worse? Yeah, you got vulgaris. Acne vulgaris, you, you got disgusting that vulgar acne, piece dude. of shit. Yeah, so, but other than his appearance and his awkwardness, girls were turned off by Jerry altogether. So something about him was scary that triggered an almost visceral reaction, warning them to steer clear of it. Yeah, something about being a fucking future murderer really doesn't make women want to hang out with you. Yeah, there are some personality uh, flaws, I'm sure. But, oh, I so guarantee in, it. In April of 1956, Jerry lured a 17-year-old girl into his car. Jerry started to talk to her as if they were on a date, but this confused the girl because she only accepted <laughs> a short ride. <laughs> fucking loser, dude. <laughs> yeah, but she soon panicked when Jerry drove faster and further away from the main roads. Jerry drove to an overgrown driveway at a deserted farmhouse. She looked around and realized that she was too far for anyone to ever hear her scream. That's probably uh, honestly then, the scariest part, is realizing, like, oh shit, he set this up now. Yeah, so he dragged her from the car and began beating her. She started screaming, even though she didn't think it would help. Uh, he was pulling at her clothes, demanding she undress for him. Fortunately for her, a couple from a farm down the road were driving by and stopped to see what was going on. Uh, Jerry told the couple the girl had fallen out of the car, of course. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You know, he thinks yeah. that these, like, he bulletproof has this ideas... Weird, yeah, he always has this weird hero complex. Yeah, so when the couple clearly didn't buy the story, Jerry had said, well, actually, what happened was a weirdo attacked her. Yeah, you. And I came driving by, and I stopped <laughs> to help. She was fighting him off when I came up, and he took off through the fields over there. So yeah. gave, the same, gave them the same line that he gave the fucking <laughs> the girl, like, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, pretty much. But the couple didn't buy that story either, and they insisted on taking the girl and Jerry back to their house where they called the Oregon State Police. Now facing the police, Jerry admitted to beating the girl himself. 
That's weird because I thought if she fell out of the car and then a weirdo came up and started beating her up after she fell out of the car and then Jerry rescued her when she fell out of the car that wasn't there yet because he drove up in his car. No. That's not what happened? No, dude. Yeah. Well, that's what Jerry said, so I'm just going to take his word for it. He seems like a trustworthy guy. He's got a lot of underwear. You should ask him about it. So he admitted to uh, to wanting to scare her badly enough to where he would take her clothes off so he could take uh, some pictures of her. So, I mean, he <clears throat> he started to really open up for a minute. So the police found his camera equipment in the back of his car and saw that he had premeditated this attack. So police searched Jerry's room at the farm in Dallas, uh, Dallas, Oregon. Uh, Not Dallas, Texas. Right, and they found... Nothing bad ever uh, happens in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, so they found a stash of women's clothing and shoes, and they found the photos, photos uh, of women's underwear and shoes, uh, and the nude girl. But of course, Jerry had an excuse for this as well. He said the photos were taken by another boy, and Jerry only got them felt because (laughs) if he didn't, the other boy was going to beat him up. Yeah, man. All right. And Jerry was arrested for assault and battery. Of and course he was. To all of his stories County. shit. Yeah. So now he's in uh, juvenile. And after a view of the case, uh, the fetish items in his room and the other girl he took uh, the photos of coming forward, it was determined that Jerry had deeper issues than the average juvenile delinquent. Yeah. You so he was committed so? to uh, Oregon State Hospital. For evaluation in the spring of 1956, the results of his evaluation were adjustment reaction of adolescent with sexual devia- uh, deviation and fetishism. Yeah, I don't know how that would translate to today because I feel like fetish is such a like universally talked about thing. Like everybody, you know, everybody has their thing. Um, I think when you like when you're looking at childhood development and you're you're. It, when a child is six months old, that's, you know, like prime where detachment issues can occur. Six months old, like that young. Yeah, great. My so, son's four, four months. I'm going to be five months. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, within the next couple months, he's going to really have this shift psychologically to where if you're gone for a long period of time or if one of you like dies or disappears, just leaves it. He's it's still going to affect him at that age. So when you have, uh, you know, these abandonment issues or, you know, just not being accepted, you know, because he was, he was never, you know, catered to or favored in his own home. His brother was the favorite. Of course, because he was the good one. <clears throat> yeah. So I feel like um, uh, adolescence with sexual deviation, fetishism, fetishism is something that kind of like it gradually happens, I would assume. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have a any weird fetishes but uh sexual deviation could be something as simple as like oral fixation which is psychological and you know it stems like thumb sucking cigarette smoking whatever well i think Uh, that it's it's not like a fetish isn't a problem until you're either people who don't want to be involved are involved like people that like walk yeah i don't think it's leashes and shit outside yeah i don't think it's a problem until it's a crime yeah like that's whatever be as weird as you want but as long as you're not committing crimes like yeah have have, have, hey dude like if necrophilia is your fetish like you got a big big problem on your hands you're not gonna achieve that that's criminal that's you know so jerry was not a full-time patient at the hospital he still attended north salem high school uh, where he was a sophomore, and he was he was actually pretty smart, maybe even a genius in math and science, but 
No one remembered Jerry or paid him any attention. And years later, he would find out his defense attorney had the same home room as him. And he still didn't remember Jerry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Jerry <laughs> stayed at the hospital for eight or nine months. Uh, his parents didn't want him home until they were sure he was cured. Uh, the staff at the hospital determined Jerry was not that far removed from the normal. Uh, he was a bit immature, overly shy, and lied from time to time, but not particularly dangerous. When he left the hospital, uh, he was told to grow up. I think that they wanted him to stay at the hospital because they didn't really want him at home. Like, they, like Larry. They right. Let no, him stay I'm at sure the that, hospital. Yeah, we just need our one favorite son, and we're good. We need the good one. Yeah, so Jerry graduated 142 in a class of 202 with a GPA of 2.1. Fucking nailed it, bro. So, I think that's I mean, like a C. It, it's a hard C, bro. Like it's, uh, it's like <laughs> yeah. barely a C. Yeah, you're 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 on the line of average and like below average. Hey, man, C's <clears throat> get degrees. Uh, a 2.1 does. I don't think it gets you a degree. I most know. most programs require like a two five at least. I, I have no idea, man. But then he did so, what all dumb people like to do. Hey, oh, he joined the army. Yeah, so he did join the army. He uh, uh, back uh, it was around March, and he was sent to Fort Ord, California. Uh, he had become convinced that a Korean girl had come into the barracks one night and crawled into his bunk and tried to seduce him. And uh, Jerry would say, "I didn't want her, and I came up fighting and beating her back." <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to beat up a woman? Yeah, sounds like it's just another wet dream for you. Yeah. So the the dream woman returned on several occasions. No one ever complained about the noise he would make, even uh, when he was beating her, quote-unquote. Uh, no one noticed when she came in the night to tease and fondle Jerry either. Yeah, no, because she didn't... Why would she pick him? Of all the guys that are in this barracks, why would she pick the fat, fucking, fungus-covered nerd Jerry Brudos? Well, exactly. You don't have an answer for it. Yeah, it makes no so, sense. <laughs> well, Jerry, Jerry told the chaplain about his dream and his obsession with uh, this woman, and it was determined Jerry was not fit for duty, obviously, and he was discharged in October, so he wasn't even there for a full year. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even. I don't even think he's considered a veteran. Um, so he probably got medically discharged. So. One evening after Jerry got back, he spotted a woman walking down the street. He followed her. When she turned into her apartment foyer, she finally heard him behind her. Uh, when she turned around, she tried to scream, but Jerry put his hands around her throat and choked her until she passed out. Uh, then he stole her shoes, and he did this again in Portland, but this woman fought back. Jerry only got away with one shoe. Uh, Jerry slept. It's just crazy just seeing a madman like, you think the guy wearing a trench coat with nothing else is like a creepy dude. Like this guy, like I would have a drink with the guy in the trench coat. Really? The flasher? Yeah. Before I had a drink with the guy stealing shoes. Yeah. I mean, obviously flashing is bad. It's sexual like you're assault, fighting women in public. At least as a, as a flasher, you're not like physically harming. Them. Just Yeah. Just mentally. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like he's beating up women to take their shoes. Bro. He's just choking them. Come on, he's not in the rap game. That's mad disrespect. Oh, just is saying. it? Is it? Mad, so yeah, this mad guy dissing? is he dissing it, him? It's nowhere near wicked cool. No. <laughs> wicked cool, my yeah, no, it's not wicked cool at all. So yeah, so he's fighting these women, taking their shoes. Uh, 
I just think it's intense because he did it in the daytime. It wasn't like he's following him into alleys. He's well, like, this it's is been daylight. established that he's an idiot. So <laughs> that you can always come back to that about Jerry Brudos is he's a fucking idiot. I mean, if he was smart, don't you think you like? Well, I would target ladies of the night. They're all wearing heels, and it's dark out. Yeah, and it's easy to get them in your car. I mean, that's why they're the most killed among serial killers. So Jerry slept with these shoes. Um, How uncomfortable is that? You're going to cuddle well, a high heel shoe? Maybe well, a moccasin, not a high I heel think, shoe. I think the more uncomfortable thing would be that he slept with them in the shack that was in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. He lived in a shack because his parents didn't want him in the house. He's always in the refrigerator eating up all the yeah. food. Yeah, but for some reason, I don't know, he would, uh, he would sleep with these shoes and he would feel powerful, especially when the thought of the power he held over the victims at the time of the attacks so was basically a trophy. Yeah, and he's just would, reliving you know, so that it. So he could recall, yeah. Um, it's the same as Son but, of Sam going back to his sites of his killings and blowing his load. Right. Well, then Jerry obtained his, his FCC license and got a job as an operating engineer at a Corvallis radio station. Great. He uh, definitely had the face for radio, that's for sure. Right. Despite his hatred for women, Jerry wanted a wife, and he wanted someone who was totally committed to him. Uh, and once he found her, he would keep her away from the rest of the world. Uh, this was a kid who would come into the radio station and watch Jerry work uh, the controls uh, that he bugged, quote-unquote, Jerry with questions and constant visits. Um, but the kid introduced him to, to Darcy. Darcy was 17. Jerry was 23. Darcy was quiet. She was shy. Not unlike him. Yeah. Uh, she had dated plenty of men in the past, uh, unlike him. Uh, men <laughs> she would... Men she would describe as, as rather good looking, actually. Yeah, she definitely broke that streak with Brudos for sure. <laughs> Have you seen a yeah. picture of this guy? Yes. He so is Darcy very was, ugly. Yeah, so she was desperate to move out of her parents' home, and she saw an opportunity with Jerry Brudos for some reason. Yeah. So when she first met Jerry, uh, though, she didn't particularly like him. And it was an average-looking man, of course, uh, uh, not neat or stylish. His pants were splattered with paint and wrinkled all the time. Uh, he had thinning blonde red hair and a bit of double chin going on. So Jerry never felt insulted or threatened by Darcy like he did with the other women, uh, more than likely because how shy she was. So she said he was funny and seemed confident. That's all you got to be in this world is funny, man. You can get anything you want by just being funny. Right. So more than likely, Jerry would not have been able to impress a girl his own age, but Darcy was 17. Uh, and just him being older can be uh, uh, confused as a sign of maturity, of course. Oh, even yeah, absolutely. if Jerry was not who he was putting on uh, at all, you know. So after they had started dating, Jerry became very jealous of Darcy. Uh, and at first, she thought it was flattering. You know, I think that's normal. But it was being, beginning to become way more possessive. Well, yeah, his whole idea of having a wife was someone totally committed to him. Right, and right. keeping her away from the rest of the world, which is just not, it's not practical. No. So since Darcy's parents hated Jerry and he hated them just as much, uh, the two decided it was time to have babies. Of course, nothing makes your in-laws love I don't know why they would segue to that. But saying, yes. here's the proof I've been having sex with your daughter. <laughs> yeah, so in 1962, their daughter Megan was born. Um, Darcy was spending all her time with a baby, and Jerry was going from job to job. He had no problem getting jobs, but keeping them was a problem for him, of course. We, yeah, because he's a fucking this pattern. piece of shit, of course. Well, no, I mean, no one wants him around. Well, sociopathic tendencies, yeah, you can't maintain uh, Narcissists anything. completely. Yeah. He's hard to fucking be around. 
Yeah. So, well, Darcy didn't know that uh, this was going on, but when Jerry told her he was depressed, he was actually leaving the house to go prowl and steal underwear uh, or shoes or whatever to make him uh, make him feel better about himself. We all have our outlet. Yeah. I like to play video games. Uh, yeah, I like to sit on the porch, man. Not a whole lot of action going on. Yeah, I don't. We, the good thing is neither one of us are stealing underwear or shoes to make ourselves feel better. <clears throat> right, 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 right. So Jerry would constantly bu- uh, bug Darcy uh, to let him take uh, naked pictures of her. You know, he he hadn't had that out of his system, and he wanted her to always be nude in the house, uh, except for uh, the high heels, of course. Of but course. As, yeah, but as Megan grew for uh, from an infant to a toddler. Uh, Darcy no longer felt comfortable walking around nude in front of her daughter. So naturally, she just did it less. Darcy had no idea, but she had become this girl that Jerry had thought of at 16 that he wanted to kidnap and keep in his tunnel. But instead, he was just keeping her in, you know, in the house. Like, she never left yeah. the house, really. Right. Uh, Jerry didn't want anything to do with his daughter. Darcy would not know that uh, when uh, Megan would actually crawl into Jerry's lap uh, or try to even kiss him. He would just push her off. He avoided any type of physical contact with her. Which is weird because that's exactly what was done to him as a child by his mother. Well, yeah. I mean, you typically parent how you were parented, so. Not anymore, man. We're changing shit nowadays. It's not impossible to break the mold. It's no, just that, it's but very that's, simple to break the mold. You just talk to your kids like they're little people. Well, easier said than done. You got too many people teaching the wrong things because that's all they know. You don't know what you don't know, so you can't teach what you don't know. You know? Exactly. So. But in 1967, Darcy became pregnant again, and Jerry was sure it was going to be a boy. So he paid special attention to Darcy this time, and he wanted every part of it. Uh, he wanted to be in the delivery room. He wanted, I mean, he wanted to like, just be a participant. He was completely, completely engulfed yeah, in, he was in it. the whole aura of pregnancy. Right, but unfortunately, Darcy didn't want him there. His obsession with being in the room seemed odd to her, and she decided he wasn't going to. Um, and then when Jerry tried to force his way into the room, he was blocked. Uh, and then Darcy said she didn't want Jerry to see another man playing with her. What kind of <laughs> so, fucking doctor is this? He's just like twiddling yeah. her vagina. <laughs> like, hello. He's like ding-donging her clit. Hello, is there a yeah. baby in there? Ding-dong. <laughs> not a doorbell. Like, a, like it's a cobra. Yeah. <laughs> He's like pulling it apart, like peeking in there. So she thought seeing another man uh, touch her, even for the birth of his child, would uh, actually upset Jerry. Honestly, and he was I, a simpleton, I think so she's maybe. completely justified in that. I think that it would upset him because he's a fucking weirdo and doesn't understand, you know, yeah. things like that. So Jerry became very obsessed, or very depressed, rather, over, over this and left the hospital. Through a big fit. Of course. And he was... Yeah. A, yes. <laughs> he stormed off. So, stomped so his he was little a, feet. Yeah, so he's in downtown Portland, uh, and he saw a girl walking in a pretty pair of shoes. Of course. Yes. Rather than knocking her down and taking the shoes, though, Jerry did decide to follow her home and take her shoes from her there. Uh, he watched her for hours. Okay, so he's sitting here for hours while, you know, babies are being born. Uh, and then watched her buy groceries. He got on the bus, finally uh, uh, made it to her apartment. Uh, he waited until he was sure she was asleep, and he crept into her apartment where he fumbled to the closet uh, and he told himself he didn't want to hurt her. He just wanted the shoes. And she woke up. She saw this shadowy figure in her room. 
So he had to choke her so she wouldn't scream. She finally went limp. Jerry had no intention of raping her, but having her so helpless got Jerry pretty excited. He did decide to rape her there in the dark, and when he was done, he took her shoe. So some real, real big escalation here. He is now sexually assaulting these women. Yeah. So also... In 1967, same year, something uh, else sent Jerry over the edge. While working at an electrician, uh, as an electrician, since he had left the radio he was working at. Uh, uh, ra- he bench. left the radio station he was working at. So what now he's this? working as an electrician. Yeah, I forgot to type station. I don't know what a bench is. That's what the book said. Oh, then I'm going to skip it. It doesn't make sense when I say it. Okay. Well, he was working uh-huh. at a bench. I don't know what electricians do. Well, so after after he had left the radio station, he was working as an electrician. So he reached over to connect a live wire uh, in his uh, in his hands to a terminal at another bin. So I guess it's like a portal. Yeah, and he touched uh, the live wire to like another wire, and it, yeah, it well, shocked him. Yeah. So uh, uh, about four hundred eighty volts raced up his right arm through his chest and down his left arm. Uh, the force of it picked him up and threw him across uh, across his... I guess he was actually on a bench and onto the floor. Which is pretty crazy because Jerry Brutus is a pretty big dude. Like, he's not like a small guy, you know? 480 volts. What's, what, how many volts is coming through a dryer? I don't know. I think, like, a light bulb is, like, 25. That's, that's watts, man. We're talking I don't volts, know bro. electricity stuff. Watts are smaller than volts. Clearly, I would hope so. I screw in light bulbs all the time. So, if you're an electrician out there, please, this four, I mean, 480 volts must be a lot. Yeah, dude. And we'll cover it in a later episode. Yeah, we'll talk about so, my uncle getting struck by lightning in a later episode. So, by January 26, 1968, uh, Jerry had beaten multiple women and stolen their shoes. Uh, he had raped one, but he had not killed a woman yet. That is until Linda Slauson came to his door hoping to sell him some encyclopedias. And that is where we're going to pick up next week. Uh, The Patreon thing is going to start after Brutos. After this series, we're going to start doing that thing where we upload the second part onto Patreon uh, for the the patrons there. But uh, yeah, we're going to pick up next week with Jerry Brutos Part 2, talk about the murders, talk about him getting caught, talk about his trial, all that bullshit that you guys are waiting for. Um, so yeah, go follow me on Instagram at How the Dad's Chill. Go follow Johnny at Johnny Sometime. Follow the show at the Chilling Truth Podcast. Uh, if you want to get a head start on this uh, Part 1, Part 2 stuff on Patreon, you can go on there and pledge $1. Uh, if you pledge a dollar, you'll get Part twos, part threes, part fours, however many parts there are, doesn't matter. You'll get all of them at once. Uh, we're not going to throw it on a second tier if you want to get like another uh, extra episode or whatever. So go on there and do that if you're interested in that. It's a dollar a month. I mean, I know times are tough, but it's a dollar. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like most people can't afford that. Uh, yeah. And if you think we deserve it, that's great. We love it. Um, Go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We love that as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. Later. Later.